Welcome, we are backpacking the world through books. I'm Jake, and this is Paige, my book companion. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Paperbacker Podcast. Hello, I'm in the land of kimchi and soju, South Korea. And we're here in front of a Korean bookstore, and we're about to enter. Now, Paige, I know you're just a book, but please, promise me to stick close and not wander off. Okay? Okay, I promise. Alright, then, here we go. Well, this looks great. Now, first, let's... Paige? Paige! Oh, jeez. Paige, where are you? Are you looking for something? Oh, hello, yes. Um, I'm looking for my book, Paige. It's about 400 pages wide, uh, white cover. Have you seen anything like that coming by anywhere around here? Oh, I'm sorry, but I couldn't see much. I was reading my own book. Oh, really? Uh, what book are you reading? I'm reading the book of 우리들의 읽어진 영어. This is actually a Korean writer book. And this is translated to Our Twisted Hero. Oh, really? Who wrote the book? Uh, this book is written by Lee Munyeol, and he wrote it in June 1987. I think he won the Lee Sang Award. All the Korean knows it well. Well, that sounds really interesting. If everyone knows the book, I want to know it too. Yeah, because uh, it represents our society. Like everywhere, a lot of corruptions, and also like there are a lot of like brown lodgers, like someone who has a power and then, you know, they want to use it for their own purpose. How can I say that is a plus happening in the society, like, you know? Yeah, uh, contemporary, I guess. Do you mind if I take a look? Oh, let's see. Ah, okay. Lee Moon-yol, in the back of this book, it says he was born in 1948. Uh, he had some unhappy early years. His father defected from the North Korea in 1951, during the Korean War. Ah, Lee Moon-yeol also had a checkered school career. He had financial and other problems. And after his mandatory army service, he worked as a reporter and teacher before making a name for himself. Oh, look at this. His books have been translated into eight languages, including English. It says here it was translated by Kevin O'Rourke, a professor of English at Kyunghee University in Seoul. Well, that tells me about him. What about you? I am a professor of PNU, Busan National University. And um, I'm in charge of, you know, some test prep, like English, you know, test. I love reading books, but especially like a culture-related book or any give you like a good thought. And also, you know, I love to talk about, you know, Anything, anything in the world. Like even I can talk about a dog like for hours. But you have read it before, right? Yeah, when I was really young, like, I don't know, maybe like 
before middle school, maybe after. I don't know. It's a 1987, maybe before middle school. And this is kind of a requirement for a reading class. And I had to read it, and then I didn't really like it because of too much represents, you know, like a society and also corruptions and also like someone willing to like use their power to get their own stuff. Yeah, but it ends very good. Like a, I see in the book, it says something about a Gwangju massacre, that this book is connected to that in some way, and I never heard of it. Gwangju massacre, I never experienced it personally, but my father uh, was born in Gwangju, and then I think he saw us what was happening after like a one, I don't know, like 13 years a boy killed uh, by the, what's that, the dictatorship and everyone got really angry and they went out to the street and then shouting to the dictator and then we need a freedom, we don't need a, your a control anymore. So also like um, the power killed up a lot of people like by guns and, you know, shooting from helicopter and everything. So it's a really awful thing to describe. So like all the civilians, they didn't uh, have any weapon. Like a, they were totally unarmed. But like as a soldier, oh my God, shoot the people without mercy. Like a lot of people like, you know, died out. Luckily, my dad survived. There are a lot of like a movie made from it, and you know, a lot of um, I don't know, like anecdotes, you know, from the Gangju Massacre. A lot. Well, now I'm hooked. I gotta read more. Han Pyeongtae, our protagonist, is 12 years old, in fifth grade, and has just relocated to a small town with his family as a result of his father's serious demotion not showing proper signs of respect towards a superior. He had been nailed by an overzealous boss for staying at his desk and not rushing out to greet the minister when the minister came on inspection. Whoa, what does this mean? How do you show respect to your superiors here? Isn't it just, yes sir, no sir, what could he have possibly done that was so bad to get a demotion and a job transfer? Seems slightly severe, doesn't it? All right, good question. Actually, like in Asia culture, there are like a, you know, such a things like a saving face. So say what the saving face means, if someone did something wrong, then um, they cannot say sorry. Because uh, I'm not in the position to say sorry because I'm higher than you. So the person who is high up there never say sorry because uh, to save their face because they're not doing anything wrong. That's what they believe. When they show up, when they show their appearance, other people like a junior or lower you know, class, they have to greet the superior 
like a king, you know, like kind of king culture also related. You know, someone who has a power is a kind of like king, so very emperor. So we have to either bow or, I don't know, like half bow, not like waving to them because waving is a kind of equal relationship, right? So we are, we are not supposed to wave to superior, only bowing or deep bowing or, you know, out of sight. And that kind of keep the superior save their face. Well, what would happen if you were in a company like Facebook? You got one of these guys like Mark Zuckerberg, who's in his 20-something, and you're older than him, but he's Mark Zuckerberg. So uh, what, what would you do there? Wow, that is a very tricky question. So, all right, if I, if I said that, like back then, like where the, uh, when the Gwangju massacre like happened, then I would say no. Maybe like no one like older than him never going to work for him because of the money. Because they have to keep their pride to save their face. So maybe like younger than him, then you know, those who younger than him, they might work for him. But not happening. But nowadays, um, I think this is like all ruled by money, right? So if you think you can get good money, then you have to be loyal to the person who give you money. So nowadays, yes, they will work hard for him, for the money. But back then, like three, 30 years ago, maybe nobody would work for him. All right, what happens next? So Pyeongtae enters the new local school called S Elementary School. His prior school in Seoul was prestigious. It's an imposing three-story red brick main building, but S Elementary School was different. It had an old Japanese style with plattered exterior and ramshackled tar-painted board classrooms. Huh. And the class size was much smaller, with boys and girls classes strictly segregated. He still expected his school and classmates to be impressed by him. He was, after all, a top five student in Seoul with very good skills in painting. Ah, but nothing works out that way. Compared to Seoul, his new school's facility room and staff were here, quote, lifeless, shabby country folk blowing smoke out like chimneys, unquote. Pyeongtae's teacher is equally unimpressive. For example, when Pyeongtae's mother met him for the first time, the teacher was wearing a white rice wine stained shirt, ungroomed hair, likely unwashed, and responded lazily and disengaged to every question. Sign of things to come. I think I can say confidently that it's never good when your teacher's shirt is stained with rice wine. Yeah, I think that is a, you know, makgeolli, which is a, makgeolli is a pretty much same as like wine. So how wine is brewed, like in Korea, like same. So using rice instead of a grape. So they brew it like for, you know, a couple of days with uh, with uh, some like, you know, chemical stuff. And they become makgeolli. Like taste a little bit, I don't know, like a rich and then a little bit sticky. 
on your tongue and we usually have makgeolli with a you know sprite with it then like we can have some sweet taste into it so everyone loves it and ratio is one bottle of makgeolli with a two cans of sprites that is a perfect ratio for people i i never seen anyone who doesn't like it which one's better soju or makgeolli uh, i'll say half and half but soju is a more popular just a little bit all right so i guess it's safe to say it's unusual for teachers um, I always thought that teachers were respected well here in Korea, and it was a noble profession. Yeah, here we're following the Confucian. Confucian says, like, um, teacher or professor had to, re- to be respected from uh, people because of they're very highly educated. They're very um, admirable, desirable. All right, so let me see who the bad guy in this story is. Om Sokde, the class monitor. Pyeongtae and Om Sokde clash immediately. Om Sokde is slightly older than the other students. He is the true ruler of that classroom, ruling with a sort of iron fist. Pyeongtae refuses to give in to his demands, and Om Sokde slowly chips away at Pyeongtae through his strong, dictator-like influences, waiting for Pyeongtae to break. It's this constant struggling battle that makes up most of our story. Not obeying Om Sokde's every command was considered to be the worst thing you could do. He was absolute monarch. Even when two boys here get into a fight at lunch that very first day of Pyeongtae's arrival, Sokde disciplined them like a teacher would. And also, students would even give a portion of their lunch to Om Sokde. Whatever he wanted, he got. Om Sokde even keeps a list of the fighters in the school, a ranking of best to worst. And he sometimes organizes these fights in the forest outside of school. Not personally, but everyone knows he's the one that makes them happen. Sounds like a lot of fighting in this story. Clearly, Om Sokde has way too much power. Maybe too much power is given to the class monitor in general. Oh yeah, like that is a really good example. Like it, that represents really well the the movie. Um, describe it very well. Actually, we have a like a you know class boss, which is the a uh, class president, right? And we just call boss because of that the role, the teacher's role, is assigned to the class president. So usually like a class president collects all the homework and then give it to teacher. And then also there is a problem, like only like a talk with a class president, not with anyone. A teacher has a big trust on him. That is a true. That really happened. Because teachers are really lazy or busy, like, you know, drinking makgeolli. Yeah, so they have to hire someone by paying him good grade. And this giving your lunch to the class monitor thing and the organizing fights and everything? That is a little bit exaggerated. 
because like everyone had to bring their own lunchbox. So usually they open the cover of their lunchbox and then walk around and then enjoy everyone's meal, everyone's side dishes like a buffet, you know. No one covers their lunchbox because like mine is yours, yours is mine, you know, that kind of Korean, you know, thought. Yeah, sharing is it, you know, caring here. Yeah, there are like some rich students like who, who had like two uh, different side dishes, one for the public and the other one for uh, his own. So, you know, that explains everything, right? So one has to be taken out for everyone. In my, in my elementary school, we didn't have that type of system, but we did have this sort of trading we had like, you know, trading going on. Like, I'll trade you my sandwich for your cupcake. It's like more like just business transactions. If I want your cupcake, I'd say, hey, do you, I'll trade you half my sandwich for your cupcake. And if like you, if they, or like, I'll trade my Cheetos for your cupcake. That's a more realistic one. And then if they agree, then you trade your food and then you have your food. But I remember the teachers at one point got really upset about that so they like made this announcement you know you can't trade your food if you trade your food and you get caught you're gonna get like written up so they tried to put a stop to it it's basically like how people did with pokemon cards that's how they traded their food well, i know my mom specifically was she was uh she didn't like that because she packed my lunch and she wanted me to eat the food i gave her like she didn't want me she didn't want me eating those like sugar cupcakes she wanted me to eat my carrots and my whatever I had, uh, you know, lunch sandwich and uh, my fruit cup, you know. So like some people, I remember some kids were eating like salami sandwich and pudding. And then they had like chips or something, you know, and then like a soda. Um, and then I would have like a like a meat sandwich, a fruit cup, uh, baby carrots <laughs> And I was just, you know, I had like such a, a nice, healthy lunch. Um, but I was, always, I mean, I was still jealous of people that walked in with those pudding, those snack packs or the zebra cakes or something. Kind of, you know, sounds like really fair to me because you have options, right? Like you can decide either I, you know, trade that with my sandwich or yeah, just stick on my sandwich. But in Korean culture, no choice. You have to do it because that's what everyone does. I feel you, man, because of my mother always uh, packed my lunch with anchovies and then, I know, fried like grasshoppers. <laughs> Not kidding. We used to have it really tasty, like a um, very, you know, it's very rich in protein and I kind of like it. But I really envy, you know, those who have a spam, like it lit it nicely, like, a, you know, fried spam. That's really junk food, right? I actually, I don't mind spam so much i actually i think it's awesome yeah but spam is a yeah only like you know fat and salt right and the fighting i don't know i fought a lot i don't know like for any reason oh, what i can remember very clearly was um <laughs> there was uh, one guy opened his lunchbox and then that was a kimbap, like a, a roll of kimbap. And as soon as, because his mom is really famous, uh, you know, for serving nice, like a very yum food. So as soon as opened his uh, 
lunchbox cover, a lot of like chopsticks goes into his lunchbox right away and then gone before he touched his own food. He was really angry, very angry. So like, like, oh my, like almost shivering. You know, my personality, you know, like I don't really care, you know, <laughs> or, you know, I, I find it funny, right? So I grabbed the last, you know, bit of kimbap, the last one and ate it. <laughs> and then he shouted at me and she swore at me so bad. And then, hey, I thought you and I are a good friend. I just had a one piece of kimbap and you swore at me. And he, I think he threw his lunch box on me. So, all right, oh, you really want to fight? And then he said, yes. And then we all go out. We all went out. And then we start fighting because of one piece of kimbap. What is kimbap? Oh, right. Kimbap is a, a gimme seaweed, like a flat sheet of, you know, seaweed. Not something like a long and like not edible one. Very easy to eat. And with a rice and in the rice, usually like a parboiled what, carrots and some uh, rotus roots. And what else? Uh, eggs and spinach. Yeah, so very like well balanced food, like a, because the seaweed covers the rice, and the rice has uh, like carrots and then some eggs and sometimes sausages in it. So very well balanced food. Yeah, that is kimbap. So when we make a you know long roll of kimbap and then we slice into several pieces, usually like eight or ten pieces, and that is a one portion for a small person. Usually like a big, you know, big people, it's like two rolls, right? Yeah, and then he brought like one roll of kimbap, and then the kimbap was all taken from the people around them. We don't have kimbap in America. I'm wondering what, what the equivalent is. I don't think it would be anything with seaweed. It would be something more like Cheetos or something. I think it depends on the person. It's funny how valuable food is when you're a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think so, yeah. All right, let's continue this story a little bit. So Pyeongtae goes home and he tells his father all about Om Sokte. And his dad says, quote, That boy is really something. You said his name was Om Sokte, didn't you? If he's like that already, he's surely to be heading for great things, unquote. Well, that's not what you want your dad to say when your worst enemy is tormenting you. Then he continues on and says that Pyeongtae is a weakling. And he says that he should be more like Om Sokte and be class monitor himself instead of complaining about it. But the problem is, I see that there's not elections until spring. And even so, how would a new arrival overcome the domination of Om Sokte in election? So the next day for lunch, it's Pyeongtae's turn to bring Sokte a cup of water. Pyeongdae refuses and threatens to ask the teacher if such things are normal. Sokdae stops him and lets the matter go. For now. It was a temporary victory. But it was the beginning of the long six-month battle about to occur. Soon after, fellow students are spontaneously picking fights with him. And Sokdae only appeared in the situations that displayed him as the problem solver or the savior. Pyeongtae suffered persecution and discrimination by his peers. 
he was kept out of information, he was picked on, and subject to abuse of all orchestrated by Sokte's power and influence. And of course, he was always being called a little Seki. What's a Seki? Alright, Seki is a, um, literally like, like a translated as a Seki baby. Usually we just put a K in front of Seki. That is a big swear word, like a big one. Keseki is a dog baby, which is um, which is what e equivalent to son of, mm -hmm, right? Son of B. And Seki is a something like, hey dude, or it's not really offensive word. Not actually classified as a swearing word. I can call you Seki, like a, if you are really close. Like um, sometimes like when we are a little bit tipsy and I call you, hey, I love you, motherfucker, or I love you, fucker, you know, that kind of stuff is a, not as strong as a, that word, but like it's a, it could be like very familiar, very intimate word, or it could be offensive word. So it's just about the context of using it. Exactly, right. So is that pretty much like the worst, is that like the worst thing you can say to somebody? No, I think because of a movie. If that is a real situation, swearing word. Oh, worse than that. Seki is a very, how can I say, um, screened word. The movie has to find the right word that can be um, shown to every age. So they, I think the movie director chose the Seki as a strong swearing word, but it's, it's not strong at all. All right, so let me keep reading a little bit. Pyeongtae tries in many ways to combat Sokdae. Election happens and it's a no-go. He tried paying off the Om Sokdae's inner gang circle, but that also failed. He tried to beat him with good grades, but somehow Sokdae always came out on top. Pyeongtae always takes considerable time trying to locate Sokdae's weaknesses, a chance for rumors or smearing his name, but he can't find anything. And yet, their class is always flourishing in many ways under Sokte's rule. Obviously, fellow students were afraid of him so much that results came swiftly. But still, even though Sokte was a terrible person, they were a model classroom. One day, when a student, Pyongjo, brings his father's valuable lighter to school, Sokte takes it. Pyeongdae finally tells the teacher about the lighter and many other offenses, but Sokdae manages to find out and gives it back to Pyeongjo before the teacher can come in. Therefore, Pyeongtae ends up looking bad for lying, and the teacher has a tough time believing him from then on. One of Pyeongtae's final efforts is to get Om Sokdae out of the room so each student can write complaints to the teacher without Sokdae intimidating him. The teacher obliges, but the result is opposite. Blank papers and the only offenses are the ones by Pyeongtae. Those are the ones that are written. Nothing about Sokte. Man, this guy just can't get a break. He's incredibly resilient though, I'll give him that. I like this quote right here. It says, if fighting is considered purely in terms of the will to attack or to defend, my fight with Sokte ended that day. But if refusal to submit and unwillingness to compromise are regarded as a form of fighting, 
Then my lonely, tedious fight continued for another two months. So let me see what happened next. Over the next two months, Pyeongtae gets reported for every single misdeed and slightest fault. Such things that included long fingernails, the loss of a button on his uniform, and reading a comic book in class. Everybody else always knew everything, but he always knew nothing, and so he was always caught. Pyeongtae was outcasted, every tactic thwarted, until finally he gets to his breaking point. Sokde assigns class jobs and gives Pyeongtae the job of cleaning the windows. But despite Pyeongtae's devotion to cleaning the windows spotless time after time, Sokde says they are not good enough and to clean it again. Pyeongtae cleans it again and again and again. And only after breaking down in tears after many cleaning attempts, Sokde passes the inspection. Finally, things begin to improve from Pyeongtae after this submission. He gets in less fights, less trouble, and is invited more to more events with students. His grades improved too. Oh, look at this quote. All Sokte wanted from me was to adapt to his order and not to try and destroy the kingdom he had established. This is what submission meant. Yeah, that's um, ridiculous. Like a Especially um, that script, what, what was it? Um, hey, it's your turn. You have to bring him a cup of water while he is in, e eating lunch. So like, what? Why? Because he has uh, his own two arms, hands, and then two feet. So why would I? And then one like random guy, you know, stood up and, hey, just uh, do as I s say so. Something like that. So like, oh my God. Like, But you have to fight against all the students. That's the problem. If one or you know a couple of you know students you have to fight, then I think I have a, okay. I have a great motivation because I have to change this class, so I have to you know beat them, even though I got beat up so much. But I don't know every single you know students in class. They hey do it, do it, do it because I do it, you do it. Yes, uh, is if that situation, I think I'm gonna be. I would be one of them. I just follow. That is what the society is. What would you do? It's easy to think uh, as a third-party adult that you might not do what that guy says. But when I think back to my own childhood even, depending on who does it, some people are pretty intimidating at that age. They're big or they're, you know, you're not really strong. So like, you know, the more forceful, aggressive person, you just sort of say like, you know, all right, whatever, you know, <laughs> like pick, I'm not going to pick this fight. So I think, yeah, you can't really... You actually have to give, I mean, it's a fictional character, but you have to give Pyeongtae some credit. He's, he stands his ground pretty well. Why was Sokde always getting good grades? Sokde was having classmates erase their names and write Sokde's name on the paper instead. And it was this special system that worked and got him such great grades. Pyeongtae was pleased when he saw this. He said, I would become a new hero with the children who, though they grinned and bore it, were certainly suffering. My heart beat quickly when I thought of the return of freedom and the reason that I had been forced to abandon." Unquote. So one day they end fifth grade and begin sixth grade, and in walks a new, young, attentive teacher, and soon the incredible collapse of Sokde's rule. The new teacher is nothing like the old one. He notices the problem within a few days, especially after the class monitor election brings a vote of 59 to 61 votes in favor of Sokte. 
the new teacher knows something is seriously wrong. From then on, he calls on Sokde in class to answer problems constantly, and Sokde can't answer them. What happens next is Sokde's doom. Well, after a suspicious collection of test scores, the teacher brings Sokde in front of the class. Sokde is asked to stretch out and bend over, and the teacher nails him with a long stick on the back. He beats him until Sokde collapses. The teacher had learned of Sokde's test secret. Pyeongtae didn't have to tell him. You know, this is obviously a good example of uh, a good example of corporal punishment, where you can actually where hitting the student actually did some good. Nowadays, you can't hit students. You can't even like touch them. Oh, that's a big problem in school system. Yeah, but do they still do that? I mean, um, especially in Korea, I used to work for like high school, like what when like ten years ago, and I really want to quit because of pay wasn't great and a lot of commute commute was just too long that the school like actually wanted to you know keep me because like you know cheap labor and then did a good job so i um uh, there were like two students in my class in my class they went out play basketball not once maybe several times and then i warned them first and the second warn 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 and they they didn't listen to me so i you know Okay, you get down like in front of the principal in the room. I hit them hard with a stick, like on on their like back of thigh. Actually, the stick was like not really. It was big, but not really painful. Like only like makes up so much noise. And you know what? The principal came out and they watched me doing that with a big grin on his face. So I got rehired, and I quit. You know, like school love. Corporate punishments in school. All the teachers in the world, if they hear that story, all the, I bet you all the teachers totally understand that feeling. Like, they're like I can imagine many teachers smiling on the inside too when like the worst kid in your class gets a little bit of what's coming to them. I don't know if they would smile that they're <laughs> the kids getting hit, but I would say most most teachers they they could take. I mean. I think they'd be a little happy that a you know a kid gets what's coming to him a little bit. Right. What do you think? Like a, a um, corporate punishment, like justifies everything, or no? I would say mostly. Uh, I think we kind of know that maybe it makes you feel better. Maybe it sort of it provides a discipline. But I think if you're actually trying to care about the majority of students' development, the hitting them doesn't really, I don't think it, it ends up, it ends up not really equaling what you want. Just like, should you hit your kids? There's a lot of debate about that. Spankings versus no touching whatsoever. Seems like people nowadays agree that it doesn't, the hitting part doesn't seem to do much good. Seems like people don't think it does much good. So there's a lot of emphasis on coming up with solutions of nonviolence, but it's it can be pretty darn difficult to think of a, a solution that actually sticks without causing some sort of what you would consider nowadays abuse or hitting them with like pain. You know, because kids just they can tune you out. You can talk all you want, and they'll just for, they'll just not listen to you. And then uh, you're kind of when they really put up that front and they really come at you and they're like, do something about it. And you know, you really have to try to figure out how do I do something about it without you know, yeah. addressing his challenge like that directly. There's not, it's, it's a hard solution to find sometimes, I think. But I, am, I, uh, I sympathize with teachers when they have all those YouTube videos of them losing their cool. 
on YouTube. Have you ever seen that? There's like teachers just screaming their heads off at kids, throwing desks and chairs. No, oh, was funny, I guess. But I totally and I totally understand where that frustration's coming from. Uh, you still can't do it, but I get it. Yeah, I don't know. Like you know, you know what? Like in in Korea, like um, educational like a you know board. There are like a certain size, and then a certain size of the stick that is allowed to you know bring in the class, and then. To discipline, um, that is listed um, on the paper, like something like twenty something centimeter, and that you're you're supposed to hit this hard and then that hard. That is listed, isn't it amazing? Yeah, that is amazing. Yeah. Was there any other form of discipline that you saw that was steps before hitting? Um, detention, obviously, is the main one nowadays. But yeah, what else did you see teachers do? Um, usually, like what, like make them clean. The classroom, or or like, uh, ask them come earlier than any other students, like thirty minutes earlier. That is really painful, right? You have to wake up thirty minutes earlier, and then come and clean up, you know, in the playground, and and some like the people who had a, like long hair because there there were some hairstyle rules. So you're not supposed to have a, this kind of long hair. And also, you're not supposed to wear certain shoes, only black, and then uniform, and then having your tie really nicely done, some of that. Anyway, so, and then if you don't follow that rule, then you have to raise your hands in front of the, the students coming in and say something, like shouting something, like, I am stupid, something like that. Like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Well, I think, yeah, I think uh, positive reinforcement goes a long way. Uh, but then again, there are times where you do have to stand your own ground and you do have to say like, you know, don't talk to me that way or like stop this. You know, you do have to sort of push back every now and then, but you got to choose those moments right. The effect on the rest of the class is instantaneous. His beating of Sokde shows that Sokde is merely a boy. The teacher now is a giant. The teacher punishes several more students, his gang, in same fashion hitting them with a long stick. The students confess and the teacher learns everything. Soon everyone is pointing the finger at Sokte. The teacher is furious though. He says to them, quote, what was rightfully yours was taken from you and you weren't even angry. You bent to unjust power and you weren't ashamed, unquote. But when it's Pyeongtae's turn to confess, he says he doesn't know anything? The other students are furious with Pyeongtae now too, and Pyeongtae silently calls them hypocrites. Quote, Although it doesn't necessarily take a long time for a man to repent, a butcher, they say, can become Buddha if he lays down the knife. I just wasn't convinced by their sudden display of righteousness. To this day, I have a hard time accepting people who suddenly convert from one religion to another, or people who suddenly change their ideology especially when they rant and rave in front of others. After all this, the students are somehow able to return to having a meeting and class councils. They vote new monitors and council members, make new rules, how to function as a student body, and by the end of it, Sokde suddenly gets up, calls everyone sekis, and leaves. He never comes back to class. Oh, hey, there's my book, Paige. Thanks so much, Kenny. I really appreciate you sharing this book with me, and I'm definitely going to bring it home and share it with all my friends. I'll see you later. Hope 
Uh, hope to see you again soon. Bye. Paige. Oh, okay. Paige. Finally, you're here. Have I got a story for you to log in those white pages. First, you gotta meet this book called Our Twisted Hero by E. Mignol. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Our next one is to Japan and the book Confessions. You can keep in touch by talking to us on Twitter, at PaperbackerP, or by visiting our website, paperbacker.netlify.app. You can recommend guests, books, listen to episodes, and more, including where to find the books for yourself. See you next time.